Welcome to another edition of the Lakeland Vineyard Podcast. This is Andy Baker, lead pastor of Lakeland Vineyard. Just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for listening in. I count it as a great privilege for you to be listening. Be encouraged today as you listen. Listen for what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you, and may your life be forever transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you guys, you know, have maybe missed a couple, uh, dude, you can go back. If you, if you just can't get enough, you can go on that app that I was telling you about, and you can actually listen to the podcast on there when they're recorded. Uh, I got to get a text last week that said, um, hey, we're trying to listen to the podcast, but it's 40 minutes of nothing. And I was like, well, there's 40 minutes there, though, so you can do with it as you want. Uh, it was on mute, and not on their side. It was on mute on our side, so we republished it. But, uh, and you can share those with your friends, too, um, and you can do it right from the app. You can just share with people, and, and so we just encourage you uh, to do that. But we're going to continue on this story of Dream Again and, and, the, and the values that we're saying, hey, Everything from here on at Lakeland Vineyard is going to be filtered through these values. This is what we're doing, and this is the way that we're moving forward, and, and we want to dream, and we want to build a healthy church, and we want to build a church that is partnering with the Holy Spirit, that is leaning into what uh, the Holy Spirit and where the Holy Spirit is directing us to go. And, and so again, been telling this story for three weeks. This will be four now. Mr. and Mrs. Bird had 10 little birds, nine of them. They did great. They they were gently pushed out of the nest, and they flew, and they went on with their lives, and the 10th one had this sorry attitude, like, I'm not going to do this just because you want me to, all right? And so, you know, it turns into this whole game, right? This bird's flying down. It's locked its wings. It's not going to do anything. The mom and dad come rescue the bird until one morning, mom and dad aren't there. They're not chirping. They're not up in the bird's ear. The bird is, like, angry because they're not there. Okay, he was angry before because they were encouraging him to fly. Now he's angry because they're not there. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to jump off this thing. And he goes down about three-quarters of the way down. Something starts to happen. His wings start to go, and he starts to flap, and his, his design, what he was designed for, starts to work, right? And he starts to soar. He starts to fly. And what happens here is this, that he goes to look back to where he came from, and he doesn't even recognize where he'd been. And I just want us in this place this morning to realize that, that God is in this place, that God is moving in this place. We're going to continue to do, I love that last song because I think it's like an anthem for us right now, all right? Because God is, at, he is moving. And I just want to be real, we're in transition, dude, okay? Let's not make any qualms about it. That's what we're doing. We're shifting culture here at Lakeland Vineyard, and we want a culture where we're leaning out, we're leaning into God, and we're leaning out into the community, and that's what we're doing. And I love it because I believe that God is doing some awesome stuff in people's lives that are right here, and He's going to do some stuff in, in the lives of people that are in the community, and I'll share those a little bit later, and as we, do, as we go into this uh, missions emphasis month, uh, next month, we're going to call it Within Reach. Because literally, I believe we're within reach of what God is doing. I mean, very much so. And so, as we move into this thing, um, I want to recap these values. And I want these values to be on the tip of our tongues. 
All right? I want us to know these values, and not just to know a set of values, to actually use them as we move forward. And so, real quick recap of one through five is this. We love the Capital C Church. We love the Capital C Church. Uh, we are a small part of something big. We know when local churches partner together, there's a greater impact in our community. We are better together. The next one, we are spiritual contributors, not consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for the world. Our address matters. We are not here to occupy a piece of property. We are here to serve our neighbors. Uh, We engage in missions. God is on mission, and we are joining Him in what He's doing by supporting local and global ministries with our finances and time. We believe it is better to give than to receive. We believe in big giving that impacts change in our local church, our neighborhood, and the world. And then here's the theme that underlies all this. We are people of the sacred that are engaging the world around us. And then these last two values, I'm not going to lie to you, these things, we had the idea, but the verbiage was awful, like awful. Like when I was working on them, I'm like, I'm not excited about these at all. This doesn't bring me any excitement. I get a text on Wednesday of this week from one of my friends who I'm like, dude, please help me. Like, please help me for God's sakes. <laughs> get this down. And he writes back, you know, a couple hours later, and he's like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, dude, so good, so good. And so these last two values and, and are this. Uh, the, the number one is this, we will worship with all that we are. And, and to that end, here's what it is. We will, wor- we will live purposely and with integrity in order to glorify God with our lives. And so at first, here's what we had it. We had it like uh, we, need, we value worship, and we value musical worship. We value that. But here's what I, I thought, well, then what are we going to have a value for the word and we're going to have a value for this and that? And so I thought, what, what does it look like for us then to, to actually take our entire lives and then worship with our entire lives? And I love this because we will live purposefully and with integrity in, in order to glorify God with our lives. And I want to start uh, this morning with this value here and use a seven-syllable word. We don't use that much here. Uh, yeah, calm down. Okay, um, compartmentalization. Compartmentalization. And what does that mean? All right, here's the way compartmentalization is a fancy way of saying, hey, we divide something into sections. All right, we divide stuff into sections. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions this morning. Are you like me and you divide your life into like a human library? All right, and what I'm going to talk about this morning is not healthy compartmentalization. There is healthy stuff. If something goes down at work, hey, guess what? Don't bring it home and like take it out on your family, all right? That's healthy compartmentalization. That's saying, okay, I'm going to leave what is going on there, and it's not going to affect my family life. That's healthy, all right? Here's what I'm talking about this morning. We compartmentalize in, and we compartmentalize our behavior when we're one place and we're at another place. So we have our like job section we have our family section, we have our friends section, we have our spiritual section, and on and on and on. And I just know from 
personal experience that living that way is bogus, it is exhausting, and it can cripple the person who God, is, who God truly wants you to be. And so we're going to talk about this, and, and then how do we, how does one create a compartmentalized life? And here's what I believe. I'm not going to pretend to have the whole answer this morning, but I believe it's this. We put a strong dividing line between sacred and secular, and there's a distinction in them. So, for example, Sunday morning, we would consider that to be a sacred time, a, quote, God time, right? And then when we're out, maybe somewhere else, we consider that to be part of our, quote, normal life. So we act maybe a different way. And so what I believe that we do is that we put this false, or we make this false narrative in our minds between what is sacred and what is secular. And I believe this, that all things are spiritual, right? So when we walk into the workplace, even if it's for, you know, I know a few of us, I mean myself, um, who else, Sean, Josh, we work at Christian institutions. So when we walk in, of course, it's holiness. That's what it is. Yes, okay, good. Um, that took a long time. And so here's the deal. When we would know, but it's, here's the deal, though. You're walking into a job maybe at the hospital, and you think, well, that's just a, that's a secular job. Okay. No, you're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. The living God is, the creator God is living within you. You carry it. You're presence, and because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, there should be an atmosphere shift. And believe me, working at a Christian place doesn't make you have Christian reactions to everything, okay? Believe, all right? And I'm not going to speak for Sean, but I've seen it. And so, like, here is, <laughs> the deal is this, like, it doesn't just automatically qualify you, okay? I work here, and therefore, every response that I have is just, it's, it's the Lord. No, okay? And that's, that's not true. But what I do sometimes is this, that this is part of my normal life. And here's what we need to do. God is the head of our lives, right? And so wherever we are, there, there is no tape that says, okay, now we can act this way. Okay, now I can act this way. Now I can do this. Here's what I would say. Let's work on being who we are wherever we are, whenever we're there. Let's, let's work on being present. Let's work on being sensitive to what the Spirit might say, even in the midst of stuff that is just like bizarre, and no one around you knows who Jesus is. Let's work on taking Christ into those situations, that Christ can rule over every section of our lives. And so what does this mean? Well, for me, it means that uh, I have to stop compartmentalizing myself. Because sometimes throughout the week, throughout the day, I am embarrassingly compartmentalized. And I think about, well, it's not the actions. Well, what about thoughts? You ever think about this? Like, what if someone knew what I was thinking right now? Does that ever scare anybody? Like, you're like, dude, if they knew what I was thinking right now, I'd be in some serious trouble. All right? You'd be like, you'd be out of a job. All right? If it was your spouse, you'd be out of a house, okay? And so, but it's like, okay, God, how do I approach this? 
What could I have done? For example, what could I have done last night? I walk in and I see this, and I've just determined from now on until the project is done, I'm just wearing blinders when I go in the kitchen. Can't look at it. And so, but the, the deal is this. How could I have done differently? Because what I did is I wanted to be in control. I wanted to make it right. I was getting ticked. And so it didn't help any, though. And I believe that that's compartmentalization. Now, is it okay? I mean, do, are you going to get frustrated? Like, am I just supposed to say, oh, it looks great. Please continue. No, okay? But how do I deal with that in a way that is Christ-like? You know, how do I deal with it when my 10-year-old comes up to talk to me? And I don't even, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know what she said. I have no idea. I was on another planet. And I'm like, you know, and I'm not raging and throwing things. I'm just like so consumed by this thing that it's like, dude, like I wake up this morning, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, I mean, so much. I had to send Jen a text. I'm like, I am so sorry. Like, I just wasn't present. Like last night, I just was not present and with the kids or with you or anything. So, um, but you learn from it and you're like, okay, let's, don't, let's not compartmentalize. Let's have everything covered by Christ, covered by the Spirit. And so here is the deal though. Why do we do this? Like why do we compartmentalize? And here, again, I don't have the overall answer for you. I know this though, and I can speak for myself it's, sometimes it's just ignorance. Sometimes I'm just acting silly, okay? But sometimes I compartmentalize so I can do exactly what I want to do. Like if we're being 100% real, I compartmentalize so I can, ex- I can act exactly like I want to and then justify my behavior because X, Y, and Z. And that's a hard thing. Like, it's like That's a hard thing to look in the mirror and say, you know why I did that? Because I wanted to. You know? Could I have got myself, you know, like out of that mindset last night if I wanted to? For sure. But here's the reality. I just wanted to be pissed. I guess. Right? And so we look at it and we're like, okay, like, dude, get it under control. Hey, I just wanted to do this or that. I just wanted to talk like this. I just wanted to talk about this person like this. And I heard the best thing, and you're going to have cruddy days. I've had cruddy days. You guys have had cruddy days. I heard the best thing last night. We're coming home, and uh, John Mark McMillan's talking on this podcast, and he said this. It's not what you do on a day. It's what you do every day. You're going to do some stuff on a day that you're going to regret, and you're going to be like, that was so stupid. But it's like, what do you do every day? That's the stuff that makes the biggest difference. You know, we, we were talking, Josh, we were talking earlier about how Josh, I mean, I didn't realize it had gone this far, uh, but he has been on people's desk before when he was younger, not to say hi, but to like crawl over the desk at people. Like, I'm like, that's awesome, all right? And so, but here's what he's seen is this, this change in his life over time. I'm telling on Josh right now, I'm sorry, Okay. This is part of your leadership team. And so, um, but over time, here's what's happened. God has dealt with his heart, right? And so, you know, we have to say, God, deal with me. Help me. The things that I have shut off from you, would you help me to open them up to you? The things, that, the stuff that where I, just, I can be justified in my uh, outrage to someone, 
when someone cuts me off in traffic, I can say whatever I want to say to them. I can show them the international signal for your number one. I can, you know, if that's you, I don't do that. Okay, I've been flicked off too many times myself. I'm like, that's not cool. Uh, and so, but there's other things that I do, okay? And here's what he said in this podcast, and I thought it was just so rich, is this. Like, why do we automatically go to, man, that person is just trying to be a jerk. That person's a turd, you know, that person's this or that. They cut me off in line. Why, won't, why don't we go and say, you know what? I don't know. I mean, maybe they just lost their mom. Maybe they just found out that someone in their life has stage four cancer. Maybe they had the most horrible day. Maybe they got fired from their job. Maybe they're not actually trying to treat me like a piece of dirt. Maybe. And so the deal is this. What do we learn in those situations? I know for me, I learn a lot about it. You guys ever put Jesus on hold? Hold up, Jesus, because I'm about to do my thing. Okay, I'm I'm about to tell this person what's up. Okay? And then I'm going to bring you back in, and then I'm going to invite him to church. Okay? But like two weeks from now, after I apologize. But seriously, we can't do that, man. We can't do it. You know, pray for the person that almost runs you over when you're walking. They need prayer, you know? (laughs) And so I just want to say, you know, rip away that dividing line. Rip away the dividing line that we've placed in our minds and in our hearts that says there's, there's the sacred me and there's the secular me and Here's what I would say. Let God reign over all that. Worship God with all that you are. I believe this, that it's in surrender that we experience freedom in Christ. It's in surrender that we experience the freedom in Christ. When we fully surrender to Christ, I believe that's when we start to see the true freedom that's offered. I mean, it's amazing when you think about how does constraint give you more? You ever think about that? If I constrain myself and say, no, I'm not going to do that, I'm experiencing freedom from something that may want to control my life. And so when we say, no, I'm not going to compartmentalize my life, I am going to actually, my whole life is going to be lived out as worship unto God. And then we begin to see a change happen. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58... Uh, Paul is talking about resurrection here way before this, and this is a long, pretty long chapter, 15 is. And so he says this, uh, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And here's what I want to say to someone this morning. Receive that word. Receive that word because I think too many times what we try to do, well, well what I'm doing is not, it's not big enough. What I'm doing, is it's not grand. It's, here's what he's saying is this. Nothing you ever do for the Lord is useless. Nothing. Everything. If you, so if I, if I smile at someone and I'm doing it for the Lord, if I change my attitude, I'm doing it for the Lord, it's not useless. It doesn't fall We might not see this immediate fruit and this person's transformed right before our eyes, but we don't know what is going on underneath the surface. And here's what I would say. How do you, for example, you get a, maybe you, someone, you get a, um, 
a pull on your heart, a tug, a, a voice in your mind that says, hey, go tell that person, um, dude, I like your shirt, you know, whatever. And you think, oh, that's, God would not, okay, stop, okay? Here's what I would, the question I would ask is, who put you in a position to tell God, God, that's useless? I need to be praying for someone's leg to grow out, and I want to see it grow six inches out. That's what I want to see. And then I'll, and then that'll be the thing that'll be, that'll drive me. Yeah, let it happen. Amen. I agree with that. But if it's, if it's, but if it's the attitude that says, until that happens, I can't open the door for someone, for the Lord. Okay, we got our priorities jacked up. Everything, nothing goes unnoticed. Colossians 3, 23 says this, work willingly at everything you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. Dude, how would that change everything? What if, man, what if I got in there and I'm organizing something, I'm doing it as if Christ is in the room and I'm doing it for him and I'm reporting to him and would that change the way that I work? Would it change the way that I work with people? Would it change the, the outcome of what happens? I believe that it would. See, worship on Sunday doesn't outweigh the remainder of the week. This is a part of what we do. We're willing to work together to see change happen. Everything we do is useful in the kingdom of God. And that leads us to our next one and our final value is this. And I love this value. I'm not trying to play, play a value favorites, but this is one that just hits me like a sock full of pennies. And it goes like this, creating space for community. Creating space for community. And it says this to this end, we are designed to walk together. We will foster caring relationships through authenticity. Let me tell you something. Is there something that you hate? I shouldn't say. Is there something that you dislike more than a fake person? I mean, they drive me bananas. Fake people drive me crazy. We want to build relationships through authenticity. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you have to always be on your A game all the time and you have to look your best and everything's going uh, great and, and nothing's going wrong in my life and it's just fabulous. It means you can be authentic, you can be real, and we're going to walk through this thing together. First Corinthians speaks to this and in chapter 12, we've gone over this several times, I'm going to go over it again, is this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Listen, it says this, don't count any person as insignificant because they just do uh, greeting. Don't count any person insignificant because they just, they smile at people and they make them feel welcome. You know, here's what I think about on the stage this morning. We had a great uh, time of worship. Everything sounded great. And then we have uh, Dina and Ellie. We have Jeff and, and we have, uh, who's this guy? Josh, okay. Scott, Todd, and uh, Ricky. And I thought, my one thought was, man, could you imagine, like, the worship is going, the time that we're, we're singing, and we're doing Our Father, and uh, Scott breaks into ACDC, Highway to Hell over here, and it's like, what are you doing? What are you, why are you doing that? Like, that doesn't even, that's not within the vision of the song, it's not even in the chord structure, it's not even in anything, you're just doing your own thing. 
And I believe it's like that. We, we do that. When we, don't, when we say, yeah, I'm a part of Lakeland Vineyard, but I'm not going to be a part of Lakeland Vineyard, that's what we do. And so what I want to encourage you with this is, listen, man, God has created you to do something. He's created you, I believe, to be a part of a local community. And if, you, if you're called to Lakeland Vineyard, then that's what we're going to do. And we're going to play these songs together. And Scott just has a part. Here's what you got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right? Here's what happens on a worship team that's good. Seven equals one. Right? So a hundred equals one. What can we do together that we couldn't do apart? There's a ton of stuff that we can do together that we can't do apart. As a body, we say, we're going to lean into this. Hey, I'm just a small part. If we can get that, we can get that mindset, hey, I'm just a small part of something big. If we can get that as a church, hey, we're just a small part of something big that's going on. What are we going to do? We're going to lean into what we can do well. Colossians uh, 3, 12 through 17 says this. Uh, love Colossians 3, but it says this, it says, since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Man, anybody in here got some faults you want people to give you allowance for, but you ain't trying to give anybody any allowance for their faults? Come on, bro. Here we go. We got to be real, man. We have faults. Other people have faults, and we want to forgive anyone who offends us. I love this forgive anyone who offends us. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks through Him to God the Father. I feel like if you took that passage and you did that, you would change the world. Just that passage, just that little bit of Scripture, you'd be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually work on this. I'm going to have mercy and tenderheartedness and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. That goes a long way. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let people mess up because I mess up too. And I'm going to let people have faults because I have faults too. And I'm going to love people though. And I'm going to ask Christ to fill my life with love. Man, like, what is going on? How are we joined together like this, though? What is the driving force behind this? I believe it's this. It's the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of us. I mean, we wouldn't hang out outside of this building. Like, if we just met each other on the streets, we wouldn't hang out. There's groups of us that would hang out. But we just, I mean, come on. Some of my best friends in this room right now are 30 years older than me. Where does that happen? I mean, it doesn't happen very often that, that that goes on. Some of my other really good friends are 20 years younger than me. What? There's something special about the Holy Spirit where He can actually bond hearts together and say, you know, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing, this thing called the, the body of Christ, and, and we believe that that Christ can clothe us with love. And so allow people to have faults, man. 
hey, guess what? Allow non-Christians to be non-Christian, but then have a Christian influence in their life called you. I can't believe they would act that way. Really? Why can you not believe that? Like, we're so in awe that people would act a certain way. Like, okay, they don't know Jesus yet. So we're joined together. We have to lean into Christ together. We have to be sharpen one another. We have to become authentic brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to catch uh, vision. And here's what I would say to the person, and this is, this is what I'm going to implore today is this. Will you be a stakeholder? Will you be a stakeholder in this community? Because here's the deal. We are unapologetically calling that our neighborhood, not that neighborhood. Okay? We want to see restoration happen. I want to see Romans 8 happen, the, rest- the restoration of all things, right? Okay, when I roll down 37, guess what I see? Okay? Old 37 that goes in front of Lay's. There's a Coca-Cola building there. I see an after-school program that's in that Coca-Cola building. I see that building, not occupied and not run by Lakeland Vineyard itself, but the Church of Medela. That's what I see. I see plate glass windows in there, and I see kids in there after school, and, and every church is sending volunteers over there that's going to teach those kids how to read, how to write, and then how to be uh, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to impact those kids, and we're going to impact those families. And I, I just keep rolling down 37, and I see the restoration of home, actual homes going on, all right? And I see that happening. I see that restoration of actual relationships. I see people knowing Jesus. I see people that are coming that were lost, that they look like they were so far off, but they're coming back. And I see people that are in love with Jesus. And here's what I would ask. To be a stakeholder, what we have to do is we have to invest in something for a long period of time. Okay? I don't want to compare it to a stock portfolio, but if you, if you have a stock portfolio and you expect that in a day you're going to make all the money that you need to make for retirement, it's not going to happen. It's long run. And I believe with all of my heart, the more that we invest, the more that we have authentic relationships over in the Medela area, we are going to see change happen. But it says this, and I believe we have to say it like this, we are not going anywhere. We are here. We are here to well, what if no one ever comes to Lakeland Vineyard because of, of Thanksgiving families or Christmas families? Is that why we're actually doing it? Is that why we're doing it so that people will come? No, it's not. We're doing it because we're responding to what God has called us to do. And everything that we do, it will not go unnoticed if we're doing it as unto the Lord. And that is what I'm convinced of. Well, what if they end up at Redeemer? Praise God. What if they end up at Mount Sinai? Praise God. And here's the deal that I know. Those people are cheering for us too. We are better together. To be a stakeholder in a community doesn't mean that we do one community event and then we're finished. It means that year after year we show up. Day after day we show up. We are there Through the thick and through the thin, we show up. And when you show up, God gives you opportunities for people to, for your life to impact people's lives. And it's over and over, and it's the grind of stuff. And if you've ever had something where you knew there was a vision out there and you knew that it was obtainable, but it was only obtainable through what God can do, here's what I'm saying God, give us the Coca Cola building. We can't afford it. Beverly Lay, if you listen to this podcast, give us the building. Quit playing. She's the owner of the building. 
And so the deal is this, little things, right? It's not what you do on a day, it's what you do every day. There's a guy, Dan, who drove back down from Minnesota to organize this event called Medela Lunch, okay? And what Dan's doing, I love this dude, and you guys will see him. He doesn't want thanks, but tell him thank you. Well, how do I know what he looks like? Just look for Santa Claus, okay? And uh, you'll know who it is, okay? And so that's Dan the man. And so Santa Claus is going to be over there. And here's the deal. Dan went over there, and he goes over, and last year we used somebody's lot for parking, and this year we we were able to obtain two more lots because they said you can use whatever you want to. And Dan's talking to this guy, and he says, um, oh, you're back. That was, the, that was the greeting that Dan got. Oh, you're back. Well, 30 minutes later, or 45 minutes later in the conversation, the guy that said, oh, you're back, is asking Dan, would you pray for us, my wife and I? Would you do that now? Like, because Dan, here's what Dan got to do. He got to share, hey, we, have a, we actually have a heart for the community, and we're not going anywhere. Like, we're staying here. We're leaning into this. And those people are like, you, you guys actually care for, for our community? Dan's going down old Highway 37, and there's trash everywhere. And Dan says, he says this to me. He goes, Andy, I heard your voice in my head. And I was like, that is scary. And so he goes, I got out, and I started picking up the trash. And because he's like this Romans 8 deal, this restoration of all things. And he says, I started picking up the trash. And you know what that led to is conversations with people that lived in the neighborhood. And they were in awe that there were people that go to these churches that care about the neighborhood. And I'm telling you right now, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning is this, that, that the more we lean in, the more we establish relationships, the more that we leave space to build community, the more that we walk together with one another. We cannot walk as Lakeland Vineyard as strangers. We can't do it. And the more that we walk, the more we lean in, the more that we rely on God, I believe this, that He is going to absolutely transform the Medela area. Well, when are we going to stop? At what point can we stop? Dude, burn the ships. We ain't stopping. We're not stopping until we see transformation happening in Medela. I don't apologize for it. Maybe it's not good enough for some people, but I believe it's what God has called us to do. We are here for a reason. And what does it come out of? It comes out of this desire to see people's lives transformed, to know Jesus Christ, to see a neighborhood our neighborhood absolutely transformed. Well, can we still do other stuff? Yeah. Be a minister of the gospel where you live. You're a minister of the gospel wherever you are. And so here's what I would ask of you this morning. Will you be a stakeholder? Will you be somebody that says, yes, we're all in? We're all in. We're not just partially in. We're all in. We want to see this thing happen. We want to see God come and move. We want to see God do what only He can do. And we want to be a part of that. Stand with me. As long as it's real quick. I'll hold the mic. Just to... Is this bad boy on? It is. Um, 
I, yesterday I was in the morning drinking my coffee outside, going through my Facebook, and I, I saw this thing on, um, it was about Jonathan Evans, uh, Tony Evans' son speaking at his, at his mother's funeral. And one of the things that he, he, there were two things that really stood out. He said, I was wrestling with God, and I said, yeah, but God, didn't you hear you know, my prayers. Didn't you hear the prayers of the people in this church, the people in this country, people for my mother? Didn't mm. you hear my prayers? And he said, God said to him, the answer to your question is to will she be healed or will she be healed? Mm. The answer to the question of will she live is she will she live or will she live? Mm. So the answer from God is always what God has planned. Mm -hmm. And following that plan leads to the answers to your prayers. And then he told the story of he was the son, Jonathan Evans. If you have not seen this, um, go on YouTube and just put Jonathan Evans' eulogy for mother. Mm -hmm. And it'll come up. You can watch the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing because it's four hours long. But about a 15-minute clip where he talks. And then he said when he, he was a, a NFL football player, mm. and he said the worst day in a, a football NFL football player was Monday. Because on Monday you went in and you looked at the film. And so you would go up, the, the coach would come up, I don't know who he played for, who it was, and he would say, um, we're, you know, were you out there yesterday doing your best, fighting hard for your team, doing what you needed to do, or were you out there for yourself? Mm. And he said, he said, then the coach would say, don't answer. And he'd pull down the screen, and he would say, we're about to find out. So in this, in your talk, if we're part of the plan, if we're part of what God wants to happen, um, God's going to say, the answer is yes and yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted, I just thought that was so relevant to where we are today. Mm -hmm. We, um, are, are we out there, you know, playing the game for ourselves or by ourselves um, because we don't want to be involved or because we don't think we can? Or are we out there looking for God's plan for us individually, for our church, for the people. Um, and if we're following in his plan, not our plan, we get the answers. Amen. Thank you. Pray with me. God, we thank you that you are in control and that you are alive and well. And as we come to know more of your heart, that we realize this, that your heart for people just outmeasures ours infinitely. But God, you put a desire in us, and I pray that you would just, that we would see it to fruition, that even if it's our kids that see the fruit, God, would you help us to lean into what you're doing? But God, we know that you're making a difference in this Medela area. You, we know that you're making a difference in people's lives in our local community called Lakeland Vineyard. And I pray that you would just continue to do that. Open our eyes to see the things uh, that you're doing. God, and help us just to go in with that, 
with that hope that, that there's nothing that we do in the name of Jesus that goes unseen. And I just thank you, God, that you are, at, you are moving, you are at work, and I pray that you would just continue to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. My hope is that greatly encouraged you. I want to give you a personal invite. If you are in the Lakeland area, please come join us at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Would love to see you. Have a great rest of your week. Peace. Peace.